0: Kate here from Forever 35 to tell you about the Inky List, who has been and continues to be a part of an open and honest conversation about skin and skincare. You can tweet at them, DM them, or visit their website to ask them anything about ingredients, your skincare routine, or your skin. And whatever your skin needs, whether you have oily skin, dry skin, or combo, they have a product with the right ingredient for you. Through knowledge and affordability, they have products less than $15. The Inky List is making the right skincare accessible to everyone. Visit the InkyList.com. That's the I N K E Y List.com and use the hashtag Ask Inky to join the community of the skincare curious today. Mm-hmm.
1: In The Pink, the podcast with me, Natalie Pinkham, where I delve into the lives of all sorts of interesting people with a one-on-one chat with them to find out what really matters to them in their world. Now, there are plenty of preconceived ideas about my next guest, and that's partly because at least a portion of her life is played out in the public domain, so we feel like we know her. That's partly because the press often unfairly pigeonhole her to fit some kind of stereotype that we're all more comfortable with. I found Tamara Eccleston didn't really fit any stereotypes. The businesswoman and mother was candid and keen to talk. She describes her life growing up as Bernie's daughter and how that has shaped her own parenting to Fifi. I found her to be open, considered and passionate. Passionate though about the things that really matter. But it doesn't matter what I think, it matters what you think. So here she is, Tamara Eccleston in all her glory. Well, Tamara, thank you for welcoming me into your absolutely knockout home. I mean, I expected it to be magnificent, but it's, I mean, you can't really describe it. Um, The funny thing is about your life is I think a lot of people assume they know everything about you, about your family, about your home. They've been inside your home and into your life to a certain extent. And yet the flip side of that is
2: that we don't really know you, do we? Well, thank you. Thank you for coming. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like people maybe have like a little slice into my life. Mm -hmm. But it is really hard to know someone just from an interview or a reality TV show, which is filmed only over a few months because that's just like a slice of the pie. So I think there is obviously a lot about me that people don't know. And there's lots about me that even my friends don't know. I think that like that's what's amazing about relationships, like getting to sort of like peel back the layers Mm -hmm. of the onion and getting to know more and more about Mm -hmm. people.
1: And is you, you feel that there is a side of you then that wants to always remain private, you know, because c- that's obviously at odds with the public perception that you're out there. But I sense that there's quite a lot locked away that you fiercely
2: protect. I think that very deep down, I'm actually a really sensitive person. So maybe it's like a self-preservation thing that I do keep a little bit of it. Sort of just for me and Fifi and Jay, just like my family. Um, yeah, I mean, I am really happy to share... A large part of my life with people and also like motherhood has been an amazing part of my life that I've got to share with people and I've been really open and honest about that but I guess if I'm completely honest that there is part of me that is shy deep down and mm. also like super sensitive and maybe I do keep a little bit locked away.
1: And so why do you think part of you wants to project a sense of self? Is that a way of kind of coming out of your shell? Do you think a psychologist would tell you that actually that is you looking for acceptance and trying to grow in confidence?
2: I think so. I think that over the years, I was kind of thrust into the public eye through just being Bernie's daughter and always referred to as Bernie's daughter. And I think there's... I know there's so much more to me than that. And I do feel that people were writing a lot of negative things and I think that people got the wrong idea and they just saw like a pap shot of me going into a shop or into a restaurant and thought that that was just who I am, which Mm. is like ridiculous. Mm. So a part of why I've done some TV and reality TV is just to show that actually, no, I'm a businesswoman, I'm a mother, and yes, I go to nice restaurants, but that's like not my whole life. Mm. It's ridiculous to think that.
1: Do you think it's laziness, jealousy, combination of the two? Why do people want to pigeonhole to that extent and say, well, that's who they are. I'm comfortable putting them in that box. And I don't need to know anymore because it suits me to, to just confine them to that.
2: I think it's a little bit of human nature for some people to want to pigeonhole. I personally hate to do that. I just think that you can't put people in just a bracket. Like, you're not just a mum. You're not just a businesswoman. You're not just... A man, I think that i don 't know why people it is because people feel more comfortable to pigeonhole mm. other people, and I do think it 's lazy journalism to just be like socialite mm. it got like mm. those ridiculous sort of headlines and it 's just yeah, I think it it 's a lazy journalism, and I know there is a ton of jealousy um, yeah there 's a lot of the green eyed monster mm. okay let 's cast our
1: minds back then to your childhood because sure. of course, as you say, that is where you kind of came. Um, into everyone's minds and uh, opinions if you like and now Bernie is somebody who I know a little bit obviously through Formula One and I'm massively intrigued by because can't quite work him out Mm. and he is the hardest person to interview in the world oh my god so you basically start talking to him and he gives you a little bit And then you think he's finished what he's going to say, so you take the microphone back to ask the next question, and then he goes again, and you go, oh, oh, oh." and I'm sure he does it on purpose, just to kind of keep you on your toes, but I love that playfulness about him.
2: Whenever I had to interview my dad, um, he literally gave me one-word answers, and I was like, come on, give me something to work with. Um, Because, of course, you worked, what, back
1: 2009, to doing... F1?
2: Yeah, I worked for Sky Sports in Italy for a yes. couple of years. It feels like such a lifetime ago. But during that, I had to interview my dad a couple of times. <laughs> and I would say those were the toughest interviews. He definitely did not give me an easy ride. But that's just my dad's personality. He would never make it easy for me because I'm his daughter. He just doesn't believe in that. So you would
1: apply that to every kind of aspect of your life, that that's what he's always been like, not just in interviews, but with everything?
2: Definitely. I think that there's always been a moral, a message, a lesson to be learned. And my dad is very old school. He's a real gentleman, but he's not, you know, he's not someone you want to mess with either. I think that, you know, having two daughters, well, actually he has three daughters, but in our family, having two daughters has made him a little bit softer. I think if he had a son, he would have been probably even tougher still but he yeah he has a real spot a soft spot for me and my sister do you think he wanted a son i always ask him if he wanted a son and he said no he said that it would have been just difficult and there would have been expectations and it just would have been a whole new relationship so i think he's really happy he didn't have one yeah
1: And then, um, what about your mum's influence? How kind of tough or lenient is she? How does she compare to Bernie's style? No, my mum was the tough one.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh, totally. And my dad was the pushover. No. (laughs) Yeah, in terms of in the family dynamic, my mum was the person that we were totally fearful of. Like, she was, when we came in from a night out, she would like sniff my fingers to check if I had smoked. But my dad was like snoring on the sofa, like totally oblivious. Um, My mum was really, really strict. And my dad was. A little bit softer.
1: So do you think in some ways he's tougher in the
2: workplace because he didn't get away with it at home? I think he liked the fact that my mum was the one to sort of be the the kind of... Wear the trousers. Yeah, I guess in a certain sense. Yeah, I think that he had to do that so much in the workplace that probably when he came home it was quite nice to have someone else sometimes making the decisions and telling the kids off and kind of juggling everything else. I think that's why they work in a way because my dad is very softly spoken and it takes a lot to get him angry whereas my mom is Croatian and it's a lot quicker to fly off the handle but then two seconds later she's over it so they were sort of very chalk and cheese but I think that worked for a really long time so um she's sort of more passionate and more kind of fiery
1: fiery passionate
2: fiery talks about her feelings wears her heart on her sleeve whereas if you know my dad no matter how well you know him sometimes it is hard to like get inside his head and yeah. think, what are you actually thinking? What's going on in that mind? But I think that's why he's so successful because people can't... He's always yeah. one step ahead and people can't work out what he's thinking. I mean, he is the ultimate
1: poker player, isn't he? You just oh can't get a read on him. No.
2: And I do can't, As his that. daughter. No, I can't. But I wish I had got his poker face because literally my face says exactly how I'm feeling at all times and I think I get that from my mum. Whereas my dad can not particularly like you you could have really done something horrible to my dad and he can be pleasant to you yeah. whereas if someone's done something to me I'm like so emotional I'm so dramatic I'm like I don't want to speak to that person yeah. I don't want to see that person whereas my dad is like it's fine as long as you know what they're about you can always just be civil or whatever yeah. so my dad really is the ultimate poker player that's interesting because I think I prefer your approach so at least you know where you stand with someone yeah I think I'm a lot easier in that sense because you do know where I stand and I can't hide my feelings whereas my dad is I guess the smarter one where he can hide his feelings and I guess in business sometimes you have to work with people you don't necessarily get along with um, and just be able to just crack on as he says
1: yeah no very true so how soon were you aware um, how smart your dad is in terms of the way he approaches business and what he was doing specifically with Formula 1 because really uh, It's difficult to imagine the sport would ever have got to the stage it has now without your dad. I mean, it simply wouldn't have happened. It was a minority sport it is now a global one. And he's taken it to corners of the earth that you never would expect Formula One to be adopted and loved in the way that it is. I mean, I'm thinking of places like Azerbaijan. I mean, who would
2: ever have thought F1 would have
1: gone there? But how aware were you of all of this process?
2: So as a child, I think that you just think that everyone's parents are the same as your parents and you kind of don't really think that you're different in any way or that your dad's different. I did know that he was really good at maths and adding up because he was always helping me with my homework. And whenever I'd be like, how much is... So, you know, 500,000 divided by 36, whatever. And he would come up with the answers so quickly. And I was right. like, oh, my God, he's like a math genius. I, didn't. I thought you were going to ask me the answer then. But thank God no, you didn't. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> okay, so my dad was always really, like, really quick with numbers. So I was like, oh, my dad's, like, really, really smart. But I never thought of it in terms of business until I was a lot older. Okay. And then, obviously, um, the older I got, I became more aware of what, what he did and that he had created... You know, when I went to F1, I just thought, like, this is amazing. My dad has created this. And I just always felt super proud every Mm. time I, like, walked into the paddock. And I was like, this is amazing to have... You look at the pictures of what the sport was like when he was much younger and then how it's changed and grown and developed. And I just thought it was, like, really awesome that he made... Yeah, he made f1 what it is today but also he did it not for the money he did it truly because he loved it and that's what he believed in and he was passionate about because at a certain point he could have retired and gone to florida and played golf but that was just never my dad
1: i mean that's the thing i i always feel with him that it's almost a game that every kind of interaction he has with somebody and i don't mean that in a frivolous sense i mean it that he wants to outsmart and he wants to outmaneuver Um, Again, not necessarily solely competitive, but because it's interesting and it keeps him motivated and stimulated and everything else. So it's not something he could ever really walk away from. I mean, even now, it feels very strange not having him in the paddock.
2: I know, it is. It's it's really strange for me. But the thing is that I think that being the way he is, like you say, always being one step ahead and always thinking ahead and everything is kind of like a game. I think it's kept him so young. I mean, mm. he's just turned 88 and it's literally not like talking to an 88-year-old. Right. He's so fit, he's so sharp, he's just... Yeah, I think it, I think that doing something that he cares about and that he's loved and that he's so passionate about has kept him really, really young. Mm. Um, there's so many anecdotes that fly around about
1: him and I'm sure some of them are urban myths, but I love a few. One of them was that, And it's a really small example of what we've been talking about that um, Pirelli wanted to do um, cowboy hats on the um, podium instead of baseball caps. Okay. And, and it's a really quirky little marketing idea. But Bernie, you know, other people would have gone, yeah, yeah, fine, do it. Yes. He goes, yeah, you can do that, but it will cost X, Y, Z to do it. <laughs> yeah. um, and why not put a price on it? Because then when Lewis then won the race... He was on the front of every single paper around the world wearing a Pirelli cowboy hat. So Bernie knew the the gain that Pirelli would get from this because it was a very smart move. But he wasn't about to just let it give slip it through. He wasn't going to give it away, exactly. And that is what he's based the whole empire on, isn't it?
2: I think that him coming from such humble beginnings mm-hmm. and having to work from such an early age, and he tells me about the fact that he used to sell like cakes on the school playground, and I was like... Well, did you ever eat the cakes? And he was like, no, why would I want to eat my profit? And I'm like, oh, I would have eaten the cake. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that because he's had to fight and struggle and just work so hard, he knows like the value of absolutely everything. Mm. And rightly so. Why should he give it away? He's built this this empire. So when someone says, should we do this this way? He, for him to put a price on that, I mm. guess is like his natural train of thought. Because... Mm that's how he is where he is mm. whereas some people wouldn't necessarily think there's a value attached to changing a baseball cap to a cowboy hat mm. but my dad just thinks outside the box and does see things for what they really are mm. so would you describe him as a frugal person or uh, do you yeah. think he's a, yeah okay <laughs> he totally doesn't agree with how I live my life really? yeah no he's very down to earth and very humble and he doesn't take pleasure in shopping, for instance, mm-hmm. things like that don't make him happy. Um, so what does make him happy? Doing deals? Doing deals, saving pennies, like um, buying something that's on sale, getting a great deal on something. Really? That makes him truly happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
1: so, And so do you get your kind of
2: more extravagant side from your mum? I don't know who I get it from. Listen, I've married someone that's actually quite like my dad in that sense, so... I've reined things in, in the sense that Jay is like, okay, shop around, get a quote. Don't just, like, pay the first person that tells you it's this much. So, actually, like, both the men in my life are actually quite similar in that way. And that's quite good for me because I'm like, I guess, yeah, it, it's good to have someone that looks out for you. So, Jay is like, so many people want to rip you off. Mm-hmm. They know that you, like, have money. So, actually, don't be silly. Let's take our time. Let's shop around, etc. And it's really sweet that Jay takes care of me in that sense Mm. and it's kind of funny because I've ended up marrying someone that's like my dad in that way because my dad would never just pay full asking price he's always asking for discounts and haggling I remember I wanted a bomber jacket when I was 11 I was desperate for this bomber jacket and he took me into the store and they said it was like I don't know 80 pounds or something and my dad was like I'll give you 40. Like We were in like, <laughs> like, like Moroccan market, haggling. I was so ashamed. Anyway, needless to say, my dad got the jacket at the price he wanted to pay for it. And that was a lesson well learned.
1: I tell you what, they say that everyone can be bartered down on everything. Apparently so. But, but like you, I would just cringe. cringe. I don't know why. I would, I'd almost want
2: to pay them more as an apology. Why is that? There's something in us. I guess everyone's different in their personality. But my dad has worked so hard for every single penny. And I think that his yeah I think he just appreciates it because he, I've mm. never not had anything mm. and obviously I'm appreciative of money and I know that I'm super lucky and very fortunate and privileged but not in the sense that I sold cakes and, and pens on a playground mm. Mm. in school and I think that does actually play a huge role. Mm.
1: So my my uh, husband always tells the story about how he used to take newspapers and sell them you know, around his neighbourhood. Yeah. But then he attached an extra basket at the back of the bike to put more in. And then he got another bike at the back for his brother to cycle. I said, oh, did you give your brother a cut of the yeah. profits? He's like, no, no, don't be ridiculous. He just did it because he was my little brother. I was like,
2: oh, you bastard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I
1: guess it is a mindset thing, isn't it? You never yeah. grow out of that.
2: Definitely. Um,
1: I mean, I should clarify that we haven't got anywhere near the same amount of money no, as you yet. but it's
2: it it is the mindset. A <laughs> it's, not, I, for my, it's honestly not about the money. It's mm. about the mindset yeah, and it's about viewing things a certain way
1: so when he kind of lavished money on you or didn't he did he, he did, did he try to budget what you got and it, was it more your mum or how, I mean how did it work out because if if he kind of because I've always sort of seen him in the paddock wearing very similar clothes every day same haircut he's very yeah he yeah. doesn't look a big spender he's not dripping in jewels or bling mm. or anything
2: like that no not at all when we lived at home my mum would do all the cooking and cleaning and my dad went out to work um we like never had nannies we had like a really normal i guess childhood Mm. and like you say my dad doesn't take pleasure in wearing like really fancy watches or whatever to him it's just you know it's a shirt it covers you you're not naked whatever that's the way he looks at it um so he's a really hard person to buy for at christmas but anyway yeah what on earth do you get your dad it's really hard But You've
1: done your Christmas shopping. I have. I I heard that. That is ridiculous.
2: I I get done really, really early. So so I
1: don't want to, you know, spoiler alert, tell Bernie what, in case he should listen to this podcast. (laughs) But have you got him something already? I have.
2: I have. And it's always about the sort of sentimental and it usually involves Fifi and sometimes some licorice, his favourite sweet. (laughs) And how is he as a grandfather? He loves Fifi. It's so sweet to watch that interaction. Um, yeah, we had his birthday. He just had, like, a small dinner at the house here, actually at this table. He had, like, sausages and mash, like, one of his favourites. And Fifi brought him out a birthday cake, which was so cute. Um, yeah, he's amazing. He is so proud of her. And it's just, like, a really sweet relationship yeah. to watch. Lovely,
1: really lovely. Um, did your relationship with him ever struggle when he divorced your mother? Because that must have been a really hard time for you and Petra.
2: Yes, I think that, unfairly, I... It sounds ridiculous, but I took my mother's side a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard not to take slides in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I think because he was the first one to move on and to find someone else and get remarried, I kind of took that out on him mm-hmm. a little bit. And actually looking back on it, I don't think that I did the right thing. But sometimes when you are an emotional, sort of impulsive person, you just, you don't think about things. Mm-hmm. So I do regret the way that I behaved towards him and uh, Fabiana at that time. But... That's a long time in the past, and obviously, like he's really, really happy now. So, um, I think all's forgiven. (laughs) I mean, you do seem to get on well with Fabiana. She's certainly a lovely woman, isn't she? She's really, really nice, and she's never tried to be the kind of, she's never tried to be my stepmom. She's Mm. just been my, you know, obviously, I'm older now and I don't need that. She's Mm. just been a friend to me, and um, she's never tried to stop me from seeing my dad. You you hear awful stories Mm. of how manipulative women can be, and she's never been like that, and she's never caused friction or tension. She's always actually the one to smooth things over. So, yeah, I don't have any, like... I really, really like her, and Fifi loves her. So it's, like, it's really... It's, you know, we went through a bit of a rocky time there, Mm. but it's in the past.
1: I mean, I don't think you need to feel any sense of guilt. It's incredibly traumatic, however old you are, when your parents split up, you know? They are your roots and wings in life. I mean just thinking like it makes me emotional ever thinking about splitting up with my husband but what what impact it can have on kids so it's bound to really kind of hurt you at the time and as you say you naturally blame somebody you need to because it's a way of venting your righteous anger and dealing with it yeah I mean how how long was the process of you kind of coping with it and um
2: I would say that I found it really hard for a number of years. I think I actually found it harder because I was in my twenties when they get got divorced, and I was so used to like twenty years of Christmases all together or birthdays all together. And in a sense, maybe parent—I don't know—I don't think it's ever easy, but it felt really, really hard mm-hmm. because it was just so long of us being a unit, and then it was sort of shattered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I found it really, really hard to come to terms with for a little while. And it's not something that I ever really talk about because I like to be like, oh, I take everything in my stride. It's fine. But that is something that actually really did sort of truly hurt me. And it's something that I took a while to get over. But, you know, it's, it sounds cheesy, but everything does happen for a reason. And actually, I think they are better off apart. Mm. and that, And it's taken them a while, but now they're friends. So it's amazing that now we can all be in a room together and, you know, my mom can like speak to Fabiana now and stuff. So it's been a, it's been a journey, but it's kind of where it's meant to be now.
1: And I guess there's part of you that thinks, well, if you were married for twenty years, why can't you, yeah, why can't you be married another twenty? You must have been happy in that time. I think if you see people get divorced after like seven years, you go, well, actually, they're probably not meant to be. But if they put up with each other for that long, they could do a bit more, particularly for yours and Petra's sake, in a way.
2: I think the flip side of that is, I thought, well, maybe they just stayed together for the kids because as soon as my sister was I think she must have been 18 that's kind of when they broke up and so I think it was a natural thing to for both me and my sister to think mm hmm "Hmm, like good timing Petra's just done with school and now they're getting divorced so it does also go through your mind like did they just stay together for us Mm -hmm. and if they did it for so long stay together a bit longer Mm -hmm. and you know my dad's not like really young like why would you leave him now I mean there was just so many things going through my mind at that time. Mm
1: And did it affect your view of marriage yourself? I mean, did it put you off wanting to fall in love and get no. married? Because I really
2: believe, like I really believe in like the magic and the power of love and even like having been like witness like a horrible divorce between my parents and obviously like one in two people do get divorced mm-hmm. so it's it's quite common but I do believe like in the, like, in the notebook and the happily ever after and that, you know, like true love does like last forever mm-hmm. so it didn't make me cynical and it didn't make me think, Just because my parents got divorced, I'm going to have to, too.
1: But you did have a tough relationship. I mean, you got your fingers quite badly burned. um, Because I remember seeing you actually at the Monaco Grand Prix with your your Mm ex-fiance. And at that stage, you thought you were going to marry him. And then uh, it all kind kind of crashing down around you. How did you cope with that, particularly in the public eye?
2: I was really lucky, actually, that my sister was living in L.A., and I got on the next plane to L.A. when things went very, very, very south. Um, and I just went to L.A. for like three months mm-hmm. and like changed my phone number. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like L.A. has a special place in my heart because I feel like that's where I, I kind of got healed from that relationship. I just spent time with my sister and got away from London, got away from all the people that knew that person. And I came back to London and I just felt stronger and better and... How long was the time away? Maybe three or four months. Right,
1: so quite significant. Yeah, Yeah. and my
2: dad just said to me, you know what, this is a lucky escape. It really is. And that's really stuck with me because, I mean, it really is. It was the best thing that ever could have happened to me, Mm -hmm. and it felt like the worst thing at the time. So, yeah, it's amazing what time does. It does heal everything.
1: I do think that men can compartmentalise in a way that perhaps we can't. But to hear that from your dad must have been quite empowering in a way because you're able just to draw a line under it um all my friends that break up with people and I've got a best mate going through it right now she just cannot let go of the past in a way that I don't know men seem to be able to in some way um were you able to or was it
2: really actually I'm quite I don't know I guess manly in the sense that when something's done for me it's really done like I'm not one of these people that keeps going back you know I have friends and I know loads of girls that are it's over and then they can't let go and they go back and they Mm. want to give it another chance and I'm like no never go back to the thing that hurt you because it's you know it's it's going to happen again um but yeah it was done for me and it was truly truly done I mean that person tried to call me tried to contact me but when I knew what I knew and I drew a line under it I just knew there was no way to go back
1: and have you ever talked about when you what you knew what you knew
2: I'm not allowed to talk about it, sadly, okay. but no, no, my, don't. Dad broke, my dad broke the news to me, and my, my mom and dad broke the news to me of the thing that I'm not allowed to mention, um, and I just felt sorry for my dad that, like, in his 80s, after everything that he's achieved and been through in his life, that he would actually have to, like, lower himself to be a part of this, like, ridiculousness, but, you know, I felt really supported by my parents, yeah. and I knew it was serious when my dad called me and said, you need to come to my office now, and I walked in, and there were my mum and my dad were together because this was a time that they weren't talking. So I was like, oh, no, this is bad. Um, To bring
1: them into the same room meant a lot then at that stage. Wow. That's
2: how I... And I knew... And I felt... First of all, I knew it was really bad. And second of all, I felt really supportive that despite what was going on, they just pulled together and just wanted to, like, help me through a really dark time. Okay, let's not give him any more airtime. The man who shall not be named.
1: (laughs) Um, But you went to L.A. and obviously... uh, what was already such a strong sibling relationship with Petra was kind of further deepened in terms of your love for one another. Has that always been there between you two? Did it strengthen because of the breakup of your parents? Or is it just one of those things that um, you've always kind of
2: finished each other's sentences? Are you like Frozen? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, When we were younger, we used to fight like did you? Like, we used to really, really fight. I don't know. She was, like, the annoying little sister that used to want to hang out with my friends and wanted to, like, steal my makeup. And Because there's almost five years between us. So at one point, I thought she was seriously uncool. And I was like, just Aww. get away from me. And now we are... I think it's... We're the only people that truly understand, mm. kind of, this life. I guess that's, you know, like... We're the only people that have been through the exact same life experiences. Mm. We've been through everything together from... The breakup of my parents to the breakup of her marriage to the breakup of a relationship that I was in and then having kids so close in age as well I think is something that's brought us closer than ever together because her daughter is turning six next year and Fifi's turning five like a month mm-hmm. later and they're like sister like living Year and Fifi are literally like sisters and I think that having gone through that together and she was there when I had my daughter and I was there when she had her daughter and I was one of the first people to like hold her little boys and stuff and I think that really since becoming mums and going through that together that's kind of made us closer than ever. Um, certainly from the outside looking in becoming a mum seems to have
1: really redefined you as a person. It's given you a real sense of being and meaning, uh, raison d'etre if you like. Yeah. Did you feel slightly lost before you were a mum? Were you kind of thinking what do I really want to do with my life? Because I know you've been working in business and you've done bits and bobs before but suddenly when you became a mum it kind of like It all made sense in
2: a way. I guess I didn't know it at the time, but literally Fifi kind of saved me from myself because, yes, I felt so happy at the time and I thought that the things that made me happy were really making me happy. But now looking back on it, I can't imagine those things making me happy anymore. Like like what? I don't know, like lunch, dinner, shopping. Mm. I don't know, whatever. Just things that really don't have that much substance. Mm. And it's not like I wasn't happy at the time or anything it's just that now I just feel like everything leading up to Fifi was like the Walmart and this is it this is like the real thing I just feel so lucky to have found like such love that I can't even describe Mm -hmm. it's literally the most amazing thing I just like that she chose me to like be her mom and I don't know it's just it is it sounds like ridiculous but it's the most intense, most amazing love in the world. Mm. And everyone tells you you're going to love your child so much and it's going to change you and it's going to change your life and you don't really get it until Mm. it happens. No, I mean, I'd go along with all of that. I always say to my husband, you think you know love before you're a mother.
1: You think you love your husband, you know, kind of do, but it's conditional on quite a lot. (laughs) You obviously love your parents and your brothers and your mates. And then suddenly this little creature comes along and just blows that all away. Suddenly you understand what love's all really about.
2: And and did that then feel like the last piece of the jigsaw in your life? Totally. When I met Jay, that was like... Amazing. I had come out of a horrible relationship and I'd been single for about nine months and I thought I was going to be single. I was like, for the first time in my life, I truly happy being single and I wasn't being codependent. I didn't need anyone. And I was like, you know what? This is great. Let me be single for a while. And then someone set us up on a blind date and I had... Like, I literally thought it was going to be awful. I had another plan. I had a plan B of where I was going to leave. I thought the date was going to be so bad. Did you
1: have that emergency text you're going to send your mate and say, save me? Yes. I never,
2: ever thought it was going to go well. I was like, I told my friend that set us up. I was like, whatever. Like, this isn't going to go well. I'm really not interested. And she was like, no, come on, let's go. So me and my friend went and we met Jay and his friend. And it was literally like the best night of my life. It was crazy. We just clicked. He made me laugh. We didn't start laughing. There were no awkward silences. It was like the best first day ever. And then from then we were inseparable, really. And so that was like the most amazing time. We met in January. <laughs> we got like engaged two weeks later we got married in June, and I fell pregnant in July. So it was a real whirlwind. I do,
1: now you said that, I do remember it being really quick. Yeah. Really quick. Was there any part of your parents, I mean, particularly Bernie? Oh, yeah,
2: they go, I was crazy. Really? Yeah.
1: But they didn't try to step in?
2: That's my dad, though. He wouldn't ever, ever tell me how to live my life. Well, apart from the ex that we will not speak of, he stepped in at that point. I mean, he didn't. Tell, he still didn't tell me what to do. He right. just laid the facts out there, and then right. it was up to me to make my decision. Okay. My dad is the kind of person that lets you make your own decision makes you, lets you make your own mistakes and is just there to pick up the pieces which mm. I think is amazing as a parent I just don't know if I could do that though
1: <laughs> and Do you think that's because that's the way he's always led his life that he hasn't had someone guiding him he's had to go out there and find it himself?
2: I think he just knows that I wouldn't have listened. Really? <laughs> he knows my personality. Okay. I think, interestingly, if he had told me what to do, I probably would have done the opposite. So in a way, him just being there in the background, mm. and I know very much that he would always, he's always the first one to go to in a crisis just because he's so calm. Right. And, um, yeah, so my dad's never said, this is what you have to do or this is what you will do. He's always had the confidence that I'm going to figure it out, which is, which is really nice to actually have that instead of being... made to feel always like a child being told what to do by your dad is it intimidating though for jay do you think having a father-in-law like Bernie? jay is like a very strong um he's no wallflower like i don't think jay's easily intimidated but at the same time i think jay's like it's really hard to know what your dad's thinking because sometimes he can be really quiet and i'm like it's fine (laughs) um so yeah not that he's intimidated but he does think that Uh, my dad is like literally the most interesting human being he thinks he's like a Buddhist he's like (laughs) people can like really do like whatever to your dad and he doesn't care and he's just fine but he remembers but he remembers so yeah yeah that's
1: so true that's great but I can yeah wow I can imagine sort of any son-in-law coming into a a strong family like this, but also your mum, because, you know, she's obviously a force of nature and and someone that you obviously care deeply about. I can imagine any son-in-law being slightly like...
2: But, I don't think we're going to get this right. To no. come into because me and my sister are so close. Yeah. like We have a very strong mother figure, a very strong father figure. We're like very tight knit units. So to like kind of come into that, yeah. I, I think would be difficult, but yeah. he's not struggled.
1: Well, it's, I heard him once say that he was quite drawn to your bossiness. Uh. But actually, he found that quite attractive. <laughs> do, you, do you think you are bossy? Thank God
2: for that because yeah. I'm really bossy. Are you? Are you? Yeah. I, we always joke that I'm like the Monica Gettler of this household, like from friends, because I'm always we're going to do this here, we're going to do this now, this is what we're having for dinner, this is where we're like I'm always the one making the plans. But Jay is like the most chilled out person in the world, so thank God there's me like leading the way.
1: But actually he's doing incredibly well in his own right as well, isn't he? Because um, yeah. it'd be very easy to sit back and just enjoy the lifestyle that your family can afford him. Um, but that would be emasculating, I'm sure, and that wouldn't be the kind of guy that you would be attracted to. So um, is is it hard for him in a way to, to carve his own way in life?
2: I don't know if it's hard I think it's very important to him it's something that he really puts a lot of pressure on himself um with his galleries and all the work that he's doing because he it, I don't even think it's because he doesn't want other people to judge him like he just couldn't live with himself knowing mm. that he sleeps in bed all day and doesn't work hard and isn't ambitious and like I say like it's really impor- in some ways he's like my dad the fact that he is really great with money and also the fact that he's really driven he's really motivated like he literally came to bed at four o'clock in the morning because he was working he was like on calls to LA and he was like writing emails and he gets like a lot of his best work done at night time mm-hmm. and I'm the opposite I like go to bed at 9 p.m but so we are quite different but it, re- it just really works. Mm-hmm. Right let's talk about
1: Tamara the mother because mm-hmm. um Well, look, I need your help, for starters, um, because Willow still doesn't sleep. And I gather that, well, she's two and a half now, and she's never slept through. Fifi didn't sleep
2: through until she was over three years old. Oh, for God's sake. Why am I I asking you, then? I am the wrong person to ask, because I could never do any kind of sleep training. I could never let Fifi cry, or cry it out, or any of that. And I just knew, I had faith that, like, it was going to stop. And one day she would sleep through the night, and that's just how it happened. I mean, she just did. But I was very tired for a really long time. Yes,
1: I mean, I just don't feel like there's light at the
2: end of the tunnel. I'm just constantly knackered. Um, Does she still sleep in your bed? She does. She doesn't even have a bedroom. I keep asking her, like, would you like a bed? We can get you this, like, pink princess bed. I'm, like, trying to make it attractive to her. Because I don't want her to miss out on having, like, her own bedroom and her own bed if that's what she wanted. Mm. And she's like, yeah, no, not yet. Maybe when I'm six I'll let you know. (laughs) Well, she will let you know. There will come a time when she just wants her own privacy and...
1: And, and she'll tell yeah. me, and then
2: of course we will. Like, she stopped breastfeeding on her own agenda. She slept through the night on did her she? own agenda. Okay, so hang on. How
1: did she stop on her own agenda when it came to breastfeeding? She just
2: one day, like we were just laying in bed, and usually I just read to her, and she would like be on my boob. But this time she just lay on my chest. It was like towards the end of summer. And I was. So how old was she at this stage? It was like literally a few months ago, so like four and a half. Okay. And um, I was like, okay, but I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to make it into a big deal. And then the same thing happened the next night, and the next night, and the next night. And it was just done. It just kind of fizzled out.
1: Are you surprised how much kind of criticism or at least debate breastfeeding to four and a half has sort of provoked publicly? Yes.
2: Yeah, really surprised. I don't really understand. I still can't. I spend a lot of time thinking about why Mm. and why it bothers people so much. And I really can't understand it at Mm. all. I mean, the first time I posted a picture of breastfeeding Fifi, she must have been about one, mm. and I had no idea that it would cause any sort of response. Mm. Basically, we were on holiday, Jay took a picture, I posted it, and then there was this kind of, it was very divisive. And from then on, I knew that it was going to cause a stir every time I posted mm. about breastfeeding, but I refused to not. Yeah. A, because it was a massive part of my life, mm. B, because I'm not going to be silenced on something I really, really believe in, and C, because despite the bad comments there were so many positive mm. ones and so many people saying you've really made me feel like this is okay mm. and I felt pressured from people to stop but I'm not going to because of you so I thought you know all the bad comments really don't matter to me and all the good ones really do and were the bad comments from men and women mainly from women really moms, yeah moms can be Mums re- moms are so judgmental and I just don't get it like all mums I think are really trying to do their best and whether you breastfeed bottle feed co-sleep don't co-sleep you're doing it because it's what works for you and your baby and of course you're trying to do your best and I could never dream of being so like cruel to another mum because it is a hard time and you are always second guessing yourself and there's so much of your own guilt and then for people to try and make it worse I just think is so cruel do you think that it's because boobs
1: are seen as a sexy thing and then when oh, you try I... to... <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Oh, gosh, I don't believe you. But it, I think maybe some blokes find it hard to differentiate between sexy boobies and mummy boobies. Yeah. And therefore that filters down to some of their wives and women and therefore this society that always sexualizes images of women looking, you know busty yeah I think it's quite hard to make the distinction between sex symbol and
2: mother I think so and that's like where we what we were saying before about people needing to pigeonhole like you Mm. can't
1: can't be both. you can't be
2: both Mm. and you can you can be whatever you want like Jay has no problem with (laughs) like the boob thing like he was always very pro me breastfeeding and it, it was never something that was an issue for us I honestly don't understand though I think a lot of it does come from maybe people that didn't breastfeed or so their own guilt their own kind of feelings about yeah. it because it's never really about you it's always about the other person um
1: Absolutely,
2: yeah. I think a lot of it comes from that I think it's just like it's insane like I would never dream of saying to someone well why didn't you breastfeed or you yeah. should have yeah. like well why are you still giving them the bottle do they fall asleep with the bottle like I just like if you want to whatever you want to do yeah. you should do
1: I think sometimes women find it hard to breastfeed, and yeah. therefore, because they found it hard, it makes it easier for them if they
2: De- definitely criticize
1: others for doing it. I, I don't know, but that listen, I'm with you 100. Um, percent There's always part of me that's slightly squeamish about a child with teeth clamping them onto my nipples because you know that's quite yeah. painful. Um, but yeah, the most natural thing in the world. I. Love doing it. I actually produced loads of milk. They said I produced enough for triplets each time. I had a
2: freezer full of the stuff. So I ended up donating like tons of my breast milk. That's so important. Yeah, Yeah. like I I went on some like um, milk sharing like website forum thing and this lady that had to go back to work and wanted to carry on giving her baby breast milk just turned up at my door one day and I gave her like everything that was in my freezer because I literally was using it to cook with but Fifi wouldn't take a bottle to drink so yeah I was making like her like porridge and stuff with it but I had so much milk in the freezer so so
1: you even did porridge with breast milk you never gave like cow's milk
2: cows or
1: soya or almond no
2: no like now she has it right but at the time I just like made all her food that like even mashed potato was mashed (laughs) in the breast milk no way (laughs) yeah I was like the kind of mum that she had like I don't know, like a mark or like a hangnail and I was like, Hey, let me dab some breast milk Come on it Do you know
1: what though? I have heard that. I did I met a woman whose kid had an eye infection yeah. and she put breast but milk I in the eye squeeze.
2: and then <laughs> I, <laughs> I once squeezed my nipple onto Sophia's face. Jay was like in a shock. He was like, What the hell is going on in this house? But it really worked. <laughs> I well, listen, I think it's wonderful. Who knew that I'd be like this weird, like, hippie, like, baby-wearing, breastfeeding, not cow's milk-giving mum? I, I mean, I, it was never my intention. I, didn't, I just didn't know that this is who I was. So I really do feel like Fifi that sort of helped me find myself in a way. So what does that mean
1: about other children? Will you have more children? Do you want more children? Will it be hard in a way to have more? It will.
2: I think that's why I haven't, because I think it will be hard, because I gave, like, all of myself to mm. Fifi, and I never kind of let anyone else really help me and it was something that you know like she didn't, never took a bottle so I did all the feeds I was up in the night I never had like a nanny um we got rid of the maternity nurse because obviously I wanted to breastfeed and there was not much she could do um but now Fifi like for the longest time Fifi never wanted a brother or a sister and every time we spoke to her about it she was like no I'm the only baby mm-hmm. yeah but now she's gone to school and maybe other people have siblings um I don't know what maybe she's just got older so now she's open to the idea of having a sister, definitely not a brother. Really? <laughs> yeah, um, and me and my sister are the best of friends, yeah. um, and I would want her to have a sibling just because I think, I just think I just think it's something very special, and mm. I think it's probably the greatest gift I can give her. Mm. So she might not know it yet, but she, it is. She definitely doesn't know it yet, <laughs> um, but I would I would like to. I just don't know how it's all gonna work in terms mm. of like where's this other baby going to... Sl- like, there are all these questions, because it's just been the three of us for so long, yeah. and I'm not great at change. Um, well, you say that. You made the ultimate change, becoming a mom. That's true. That's mm. true. That's, I never thought about that. Um, mm. So I think, I think we will. I just don't know when. <laughs> mm.
1: It's funny, because when I, I got pregnant again really quickly after Wilf, yes. and I remember thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to love another child as much as I do him and even now I get quite anxious that they both know that I love them the same because they they absolutely adore each other but they occasionally get jealous and she's my mummy no she's my mummy and I'll stare at them as they sleep going you know I I do feel the same about them both you don't think you can but somehow something happens and you do and I'm sure Petra's told you this yeah Um, but somehow your heart gets even bigger and you produce more love and that sounds really cheesy because no. you don't think it's possible, but it is.
2: There is a part of me that definitely has anxiety and I sit up at night and I'm like, how could I ever love any-? Like, It's mm. impossible. But mm. then everyone else that's ever had a second or third or fourth trial has said, you just do, you just find more love and there is more love and mm. it completes you as a family and in a way it brings you all closer together. Yeah. So I know it can happen, just like I knew that when I had Fifi and everyone was telling me, you're going to love your child so much. But I guess you just don't believe it until it it physically happens to you.
1: Do you think Jay has ever felt alienated by your relationship with Fifi?
2: Luckily, he's, like, such a strong person. Mm -hmm. And me and him have a very different relationship with Fifi. Like, I'm a very nurturing cuddling whereas he's like throwing her all over the place and tickling her and singing and screaming and i think because we do play and interact so differently with her it's actually been fine Mm -hmm. i mean she does sleep in the middle of the bed (laughs) um and he loves having her there so he's actually really really embraced it and truthfully he's always been really like pro me continuing to breastfeed her because he has um Crohn's disease and we were reading that if you do like prolong breastfeeding that it lowers the chances of you getting Crohn's later in life Mm. so we've always kind of been on the same page with it it hasn't really caused any problems
1: and this whole kind of sharing the bed thing because I do get Willow into bed with us quite a lot she just always wants to like it tends to be at about five and six in the morning like this morning it was six and I managed to get her back to sleep till seven and but it is
2: a bit of a passion killer. What about adult cuddles? Um, luckily, we have like an ensuite, like um, lounge. So when I put Phoebe to bed, I just, we go in the lounge and we do whatever we need to do <laughs> or watch TV or watch a movie or order a takeaway. But you so have time
1: together. So, yes. so so she will go to bed on her own in the middle of your
2: big bed. I put her to bed, like I lay with her till she falls asleep. Okay. Read stories. How long does that take? Okay. Depends. Last night I took an hour
0: wow it's really hard because i like literally
2: falling asleep with her and then I have to get up and like go yeah. out to a dinner or do whatever it is that I have to do next yeah. um so it's uh, hard to motivate after that but I lay with her till she's asleep and then yeah that's it
1: and whenever I do that with the kids I always fall asleep so and then I feel really groggy when I wake up you and then you awful. have to
2: yeah. I almost feel like I need like a shot of espresso before I need to yeah. do whatever I'm gonna do next it's so hard but that's the only way that she will go to sleep so we just do whatever works
1: I am sure, though, that if and when another one comes along, you will just find a way of adapting, and she yes. will. And she will love it. I mean, she, there'll be obviously part of her that's a bit jealous, but ultimately, it's so, as you say, just so lovely to have siblings growing up, isn't it? Um, now, business-wise, you uh, you're doing great things, um, Fifi and friends. Again, inspired by your lovely daughter, um, we've been using the the shower gel, the, you know, the bubble bath, and yes. all the rest of it. It's, it's gorgeous products, all kind of very healthy, organic stuff. Um, how important is it to you to have that element of your life that that you you know get the old gray matter ticking over
2: really really important i'm so proud of fifi and friends and also that it's inspired by fifi um i really really believe in the products that's something that i'm really proud of like fifi had a cold last week and she was starting to get like a red around her nose from where she'd been blowing her nose and you didn't have breast milk so. <laughs> no breast milk left so we had to go to rescue cream from fifi and friends and literally like now her nose is perfect and like, they're products that I truly, truly have put so much into and researched and tried everything else on the market. And, yeah, it's it's just something that I'm really proud of where it is today mm. and that it's just growing so quickly. And I've had so much positive feedback.
1: Any kind of unfulfilled ambitions on the business front? Have you got any other little ideas bubbling away?
2: There are loads of other things that Fifi is inspiring me to want to do. Okay. They're all Fifi-related. Obviously, I have my other business, Show Beauty, which is... Yeah. The adult side of things Um, but it's crazy just how much more I'm drawn to Fifi it's really bad to say that but I'm really drawn to Fifi and friends these days and I put so much of myself into that now that she's at school full-time I have a lot of time to work on it but there are other Fifi inspired um, projects that I want to start working on too.
1: Mm. And something that definitely has always motivated you is charity work I know there's an element of um, of that that we all know about And I don't really want to talk about the stuff that we don't know about because it kind of undoes all the good about you doing it quietly. But um, I know that you do various things behind the scenes that no one knows about, and so don't talk about it. Um, But one of them is the Grenfell Tower. Um, Why did that resonate with you so much? Is it because it's local? Is it because... I mean, it's the most horrific image
2: ever.
1: I mean, ever. It will live with everyone forever. I mean, it was just astonishing. And actually, all the um, terrible stuff that surfaced this week in oh, social God, media. Disgusting. I mean, I, I just I, I cannot can understand how a group it, of adults, um mixed group of people, no. can be in a room and not one person puts their hand up and says, this, this is, disgusting. is wrong,
2: profoundly wrong. Or just walk out or just yeah. never speak to those people I again. Uh, it's just shocking that we live in a world that... There are people that like live next door to people like that. That How would that even enter your mind? It's mm. really There are so many sick people in the world, yeah. and it's yeah. just really disturbing.
1: But um, in terms of the work that you do, what does that kind of offer
2: you on top of everything else in your life? I just feel that obviously I'm in a very fortunate position, mm. and Fifi is in a very fortunate position, not only because we're able to live in a nice house, because... I give so much of myself to her and she has an amazing support network. She has her dad, her Mm. mom, her auntie, and there are so many kids that don't have that. And that's something that I find really, really difficult to deal with Mm. just because, you know, I had a a very lucky start to life. My daughter does. And there are so many kids in this day and age that really don't. Mm. And that's why the work that I do is something that means so much to me because it just makes me like sick to my stomach that there are so many children still suffering.
1: And presumably it's important for you to show her that that's also what matters in
2: life, that she's not spoiled or has a skewed view of the world she's old enough this year I think particularly to understand that Mm -hmm. she's going to be very fortunate this Christmas and there are loads of children that aren't so that when we go around to the toy shops and buy toys for Great Ormond Street I think she'll really it'll be something that really resonates with her this Mm -hmm. year it's something that I've done with her every year but I'm Mm -hmm. not sure that she's fully understood it Mm -hmm. and all the time we go through her closet and all her toys and I'm like what do you not play with anymore there are kids that don't have toys let's put together a bag and we walk it down to the charity shop Mm -hmm. so I think that it is really important to do things like that from an early age just so that she grows up being appreciative of everything Mm -hmm. that she does have. And look, I'm not saying that I'm not going to buy her toys. (laughs) I'm saying that she needs to understand that she is lucky and that she's privileged and she also needs to give back.
1: And and was that something that was instilled in you at at a young age? Because there's um, that's definitely something that I think we've been able to see from the outside looking in. And I actually remember Bernie saying to me years ago
2: about you, She's a very caring girl. Um, It's something that sort of stood out. My dad is, like, literally one of the most caring people in the world. There used to be this homeless man that used to live at the top of our road. And my dad would, like, go and buy him, like, food and a hat in winter and take us with him, so... Mm. And he does so much for charity, but he just doesn't talk about it. He doesn't announce it. Mm. He doesn't have social media. He's such Can a. You kind. Imagine Bernie like,
1: on social media. I think that would be, be amazing. <laughs> I think it would be. Genius. Let's start a petition. Yes. Let's start a campaign. yeah Come um, on, Bernie.
2: Hashtag get Bernie on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But yeah, my dad is so generous and so caring, mm. and he doesn't want anything in return. He's not doing it for any reason. So yeah, I've seen that from a very, very young age. So,
1: what advice would you give to your younger self? Because um, it sounds like you had good advice and it sounds like you were well protected, but there's always been that sense of vulnerability about you and perhaps even more so Petra. So, uh, you know, there's a sense that you were protected, but there's a sense that you were also
2: exposed in a way because you are in the public eye. I think that looking back, I would care a lot less about what people think okay. because it did used to trouble me when people used mm-hmm. to write things that were unkind. And I would just yeah and I would care a lot less about pleasing people and wanting people to like me and it 's amazing that I saw like a quote on Instagram the other day where it was like I used to walk into a room and wonder if people were going to like me and now I walk into a room and wonder if i 'm going to like any of them and that 's kind of how I feel about my life like I always wanted I cared so much I wanted people to like me I wanted everyone to just, and now I'm just like, you know what? Not everyone's going to like me. I'm not going to like everyone. That's life. Like, let's not sweat the small stuff. There's a lot more. There's bigger things to worry about in the world.
1: It feels like Jay's been a big part of that for you as well. I mean, I know that getting married kind of does give you a calm confidence and settles, settles you in a way. Yeah. But he seems quite a strong character that, you know, he's he seems at least quite laid back about
2: people's views of him. Is that so true? So laid back. Right. Jay's like horizontal. He does not care. It's amazing. Um, he's just... We really balance each other out mm. and he's obviously drawn to my bossiness and I'm drawn <laughs> to the fact that he's just so relaxed and he just doesn't care mm. what people think, what people write and he just is very like comfortable in his own truth. Mm. And what about Petra? How is she now? She's good. She's really, really happy and it's so good to see her happy because she's gone through so much and I think people forget she's only 29 years old and she's got three mm. children. And she's been through the worst divorce ever. Why? Why do you think that she married him? Do you I mean because he? didn't... I think she was young. I right. think that it's like. Do you think that she felt a need to get married young? Like, I don't know. She met him as my parents were getting divorced. Oh, yeah, so it was kind of a time where she was very impressionable. Right yeah and she just married the
1: wrong guy and then it all kind of unraveled from there do you think do you think that she will find love again do you
2: hope that she'll find love again she I think she has oh great (laughs) yeah I think she has and it's just like great to see her so happy and yeah like it's a year and a half later and it's very much behind her which is the best we could have all hoped for
1: But yeah, bloody hell, 29 with three kids. I know. That is...
2: It's her 30th in December, so I'm throwing her a massive party. She deserves it. that's
1: great. Um, And finally, do you worry about anything in life? Does anything keep you awake at night?
2: You're talking to, like, the worst person. I have such... I'm such an anxious person. Well,
1: even still now, after everything we've talked about, you seem really kind of at one with life.
2: No, but, like, I think it's just my personality. Like, I wonder, like... Ooh, did I pick the right tights for her school uniform <laughs> tomorrow like the weirdest Aww. things like do you, do you still sweat the small stuff when it comes to Fifi Mae? but it doesn't seem small to me when it comes to do with right. her like myself I don't care like about me so much mm. but I do I just want to protect her and I want to mm. make things as perfect as possible and I know that you can't and things can't be perfect but when it comes to her like the small things seem really big to me mm. and do you worry about her in life generally just silly things like, are the kids going to be mean to her at school? Like, kids can be mean, and I'm like, I want everyone to... Yeah, I mean, when it comes to her, I do yeah. I do still worry. But I think that's every mum. I don't think that's specific to me.
1: I know. I find myself looking through the, gla- the, the window at nursery to see who they're interacting Boys. with. And just praying they've got pals.
2: I know. Today she was a bit teary when I left, I think, because we had, like, two weeks off at half-term, and then we've gone back, and she hasn't been feeling that well. And then today I took her back to school, and I was literally, like waiting around the corner to see that she was fine and two minutes after i left she was fine so so, yeah yeah, they always are yeah Yeah.
1: you just need to see it there just needs to be a little camera in the room and they send you a little anyway yeah yeah. listen Tamara, it's been so lovely talking to you thank Thank
2: you so much much for your time i could talk forever i know it's been a great it's been really good thank you thanks a lot
1: (laughs) so what did you think I certainly really enjoyed talking to her. I definitely found her to be much more open than I thought she'd be. I thought, you know, given all the things in the press about her, she might be a bit guarded, a bit defensive, but I found her to be very engaging and warm, very caring, very down-to-earth, actually, when you consider the lifestyle that she leads. I mean, her house, I can't explain. It was just, like, nowhere I've ever been or seen before. So, yeah, pretty incredible. Um, But anyway let me have your feedback at natalie pinkham on twitter at natalie underscore pinkham on instagram and rate review subscribe let me know who you'd like me to talk to next Uh, there's a few more really interesting ones in the pipeline that i'll let you know about very soon in the meantime thanks so much for your company and i will speak to you all again soon bye for now
0: Kate here from Forever 35 to tell you about the Inky List, who has been and continues to be a part of an open and honest conversation about skin and skincare. You can tweet at them, DM them, or visit their website to ask them anything about ingredients, your skincare routine, or your skin. And whatever your skin needs, whether you have oily skin, dry skin, or combo, they have a product with the right ingredient for you. Through knowledge and affordability, they have products less than $15. The Inky List is making the right skincare accessible to everyone. Visit inkylist.com that's the I N K E Y list.com, and use the hashtag AskInky to join the community of the skincare curious today.